Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. (laughs) Welcome to the 50th episode of E-Ticket to Broadway the only podcast that asks Broadway stars if they know where to find a specific churro cart in the Magic Kingdom. If you enjoy the Disney parks and Broadway, which, based on the fact that you're even listening to this, I think you do, why not treat yourself to some official e-ticket to Broadway merchandise in our online shop? Are you Team Land or Team World? Well, we have shirts for that. And if you like mashups between Hamilton and the Haunted Mansion, you will not be disappointed. Visit www.eticketpodcast.com to shop the magic today. Also on the website, you can learn how you can become a VIP listener of eTicket to Broadway by becoming a Patreon. There are five different levels of giving, all to support the podcast, plus a portion of all of the funds raised goes directly to Gilana's Fund, an organization created in 2007, shortly after my older sister Gilana passed away. And this fund honors her legacy by helping organizations across the country whose missions align with the fund's core values, inclusion, justice, and acceptance. If you've enjoyed one or even 50 episodes of E-Ticket to Broadway, help us out by following the podcast on Instagram, leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing the podcast with those who may enjoy it. I'd really appreciate your support. Now, on with the show. This Tony Award-winning performer has been seen on Broadway in Memphis, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Freestyle Love Supreme, Hamilton, and, of course, in Aladdin, where he brought everyone's favorite genie to the Broadway stage. You ain't never had a friend like him. Here is James Monroe Eigelhart. It is finally happening. Everyone has been asking me, when is James Monroe Eigelhart going to be on the podcast? So it is time. James, is it true that you're a big Disney Parks fan? No, I, I've never been, um, I, uh, it's something I've always wanted to try to go to, but with my schedule, oh my God. Yes, please. Oh my God. The first I was, I think I was, uh, I I want to say, I want to (laughs) say I was maybe nine or 10 the first time I went. And the only reason why I was nine or 10 is because, uh, my parents are horrible people and they, they, (laughs) they, they, they they felt that they had to bring my little brother along. No, no disrespect to Jason. (laughs) I love my brother, Jason. You know, they were like, we got to bring both kids to go. So, you know, I had to wait. Like I'm sitting there looking at the camera. I'm looking at the Disney show on Sundays at my grandma's house going, can we go? And they're looking at my brother like, he's not old enough. I'm like, Forget him, man. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once he was old enough, we went. As a California native, what was your relationship to Disneyland before you went? It was just this magical thing south of you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, so it was just something that I would see. Um, we Most of the time, we would go to my grandmother's house on Sundays, and the wonderful world of Disney would come on. And so, you know, you know, the world is a wonderful place of color. So we would watch that. You know, there's something th- – this is terrible to say, but there's something about – a group of white voices singing. And that sound is that Disney sound. So when they all do that color, 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 it's just, uh, it just does something to my heart and just makes me all giddy and happy and warm. And so I used to watch that show and I used to see him go, ladies and gentlemen, I can't wait for you to see my place. And I was like, I can't wait to go, Walt. So, uh, so I was just like dreaming of going to this place. So when we finally got to go, I, oh, I lost my mind. My mom still has pictures, still has pictures. And I always laugh because there's pictures of me and my brother standing next to Robin Hood 
and me with this look on my face because at the time, the costume that Robin was in had green gloves. And I was like, Robin, don't wear gloves. Why are you wearing gloves, man? You know, my mom was like, stop asking questions. I was like, but Robin doesn't wear gloves. And I knew, like, I know those old movies by heart. Like, I can do the all of Robin, Robin Hood right now. And so to see him live and be in the park. So my relationship to the park was this one of, like, mad dreams. And when I got there, it was even more than I thought it could be. And I've just fallen in love with it um, more and more over the years. Do you remember any of the attractions that you went on that first trip? Oh my gosh, yes. I remember um, going on um, uh, the Matterhorn and being scared to death because I am scared to death of roller coasters uh, till this day. And I'm that guy who goes, you know, if I'm afraid of it, I need to conquer it, which is the stupidest thing. There's no need. There's nothing. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to dock points off of me. No one's going to like put it on my, you know, tombstone. He didn't go on a roller coaster, but I was like, I must conquer. So I go on the Matterhorn. I loved it. And then uh, my father, um, (laughs) he's, he's a character. He got the whole family to go on Space Mountain. And my mother literally hates roller coasters. So she didn't know what it was. So there's four people in the family. There are four people in a car. So my brother sits in front. I sit in the, behind him, my mom behind me, my dad. And that bad boy goes up. And we start coming around. And all of a sudden, I just hear my mother. Now, she's a good Christian woman. She knows Jesus personally. They have him on speed dial. She did everything in her power not to curse. But I know, doggone well, that when my brother and I were told to go off, you guys go off and play. As I turned around, I saw my mother's finger wagging in my father's face. And I was like, he is being cussed out right now. To this day, my mother won't even go close to Space Mountain. But oh no! Yeah. I, oh, I remember. I remember um, going on the haunted mansion and being petrified. But once we came down out of the, you know, once we came out of the room and down the hill, and we made that turn, and I heard um, the mellow men start singing, and you know, there's something about Thurl's voice, and when you hear, you know, when the crypt doors creak and the windows creak. That song has been stuck in my head literally for 36 years. And so I, that's my favorite ride. If you, I know you're going to ask my favorite. My favorite ride is the Haunted Mansion in both uh, Disneyland, Disney World, and Disney Paris. Um, though, so I, 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 the bad point is we need to go on with the podcast because I can go on about that first visit for years. And so, um, yeah, I remember all of that. I remember all of it. remember when there was a moment when you were like, I think I like this more than anyone around me? Yeah, because um, I got back home and um, we were in that we were in Southern California. So we went to go to my grandmother's house in Bakersfield and nothing like talking to your cousins about Disneyland. And uh, I'm talking about how great the place is. Now, this is before, you know, California Adventure. This is before California Screaming or now the Incredicoaster. This is before all that crap. This is just Disneyland and the only, it was Disneyland and that big old parking lot. (laughs) You know, it's like, like, we parked in, we parked in Chippendale. Oh, you had to walk to the front door then because Chippendale is really far away. You know, and if you parked in Clarabelle Cow, you're not making it to the door before the, before the place closes. It's like, by the time you get there, it's like, it's closed. We'll just sleep in the front till tomorrow you know (laughs) so (laughs) that's how you know we went back to bakersfield and my cousins were all about magic mountain because magic mountain had you know all the roller coasters and like like i said that wasn't me same you know and what we had in the bay area was uh we had um Marriott's at the before it became Paramount, Marriott's Great America, and they had the warner brothers characters you know they had you know bugs bunny those guys um but they still had giant roller coaster I didn't want to ride and Magic Mountain didn't really have any shows you know you know you can go to Disneyland and you could see America Sings which is still one of my favorite things ever I have the Disneyland soundtrack and I listen to at least you know monthly um you know the Country Bear Jamboree you know you can go to these wonderful shows you know to check things out and it was so much fun and my cousins I realized oh I love this place differently than everybody else does. And so I kind of kept it to myself. But when I got back to elementary school, especially when you went to public school, um, 
I, I, I accidentally made the mistake of having the reputation of being rich, even though my parents didn't have no money at all. But when I said I went to Disneyland, them people were like, you went to Disneyland? You must be wealthy. I was like, no, I'm not wealthy. My parents just saved. Your parents don't save? You know, okay, that's a whole different subject, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, James, I'm the same. I mean, my cousins were like, how about this trip we go to Legoland? And I was like, Legoland? Are you kidding me? Right. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing compares. No. But it does. I mean, it does seem like I'm fiercely a land boy. Do you prefer land to world? Ah, that's the problem. Now, see, uh, I, like I said, I lived most of my life in the Bay Area. But for the past, oh, it's so weird to say this. For the past 15 years, I have been in the East Coast. And I knew it was time to start kicking it in Disney World. When I was walking down Main Street of Disneyland and there was a family that was lost and they couldn't find anybody to tell them where to go. And you could, I heard them say, I just don't know where we're going. And my wife and I turned around and literally did the two finger point. Well, what you want to go to do is you want to go to go past uh, the Carthay Circle and you're going to make a left. And when you make a left, you'll be in Tomorrowland. And then when you get to Tomorrowland, that's where you keep going to your right. Actually, you go to your right and you'll be in Tomorrowland. You keep going to your right. And that's where, where what used to be uh, Captain EO, which is now Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which you'll go there you'll find Space Mountain. Now, the line is pretty long. You're going to have to go. And, and I was like, oh, my God, we need to leave here. So um, we started going to World. And there are, I will say this, I, I don't love one more than the other. But how I separate the two is the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland is my favorite. But Disney World is incredible. Um, you know, Holly, you know, to go to Epcot, to go to Animal Kingdom, to go to Hollywood Studios. And there's a couple things in uh, the Magic Kingdom in Disney World that the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland doesn't have, like, you know, the Snow White Mine Train, the Snow White Mine Train, which is amazing. You know, um, the Beauty and the Beast uh, restaurant, which I'm probably going to get kicked in the face for. Y'all, y'all messed me up when y'all, when y'all changed, when y'all changed the menu, when it went from, when it went from, we could order what we want to like, it's a set menu. I'm like, y'all made a mistake. Bring it back. Bring, bring, bring back, bring back the food we can choose people. Come on, come on, Orlando. That's my thing. And so for me, Disneyland, there's nothing like making that, you know, making that turn uh, from either uh, Fantasyland or coming in from Adventureland and seeing the magnitude of It's a Small World. That backdrop is just breathtaking. And then to walk into Fantasyland, into Disney World, and it's literally across from like Peter Pan. You're like, where's the spectacle, man? Just, I mean, it's big, but why is it... Why, no, it needs to be the small world needs to be a small world, not a little. I mean, it's a small world, but it's it looks like a small wall. You think what's wrong? So that's my that's my only. It's an amazing quote. Yeah. So that's the thing. But I mean, I love I can't um, I can't say which park is better. I just know that when it comes to the original Magic Kingdom to me is the Magic Kingdom. But there's that moment where you do do a 2.0. And you go, we can make this better. And when they went to Disney, when they went to Orlando, whew, they did. They they really made it better. But I can get nitpicky. I can get mad nitpicky because the speaking of Peter Pan ride, the uh, the you know, the fiber optics that they redid into in Disneyland is just incredible. Whereas the one in Fantasyland is very classic because people from it's international. Everybody comes there. They want it to look like it did when it first opened in 19, I believe 76 or something like that. They want it to look 71. Uh, they want it to look like that. So they, uh, so they, a lot of things are kept that way where, uh, you know, in Disneyland, because it's always repeat customers, they want to make sure that everybody is not bored there are some things that e each one of them has their thing. But to me, the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland is the classic best Magic Kingdom. But Disney World, whew, that place is hard to beat. Oh, that place is hard to beat. James, let's talk about the rest of Disney. Do you have any of the films on repeat as a kid besides Robin Hood? Oh, God, yes. Um, let's see. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. 
number one. Uh, Jungle Book, number two. Um, I know people are going to be shocked by this, but Aladdin. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the other ones, uh, I am. I, I really, really love a very obscure movie that I would love to redo or have something to do with in comic book form or something. Um, most people know this man as the Phantom, and I know him as Condor Man, which is a wonderful action movie that tanked so bad and it was so bad they just put it on video and so when disney used to come out with vhs movies you would watch the movie and at the end of the vhs movies you would see trailers and my brother and i saw this trailer for this movie called condor man and it's pretty much a superhero movie and it's michael crawford playing condor man and uh, it's awful absolutely i don't know if you can cuss on this podcast i won't but i'll just say uh you know, it's it's the doo-doos. You know what I want to say, but it's the doo-doos. It's terrible. But, it's, but it has such a wonderful nostalgic thing in my heart. But there are some things in it that I have seen stolen from Condor Man. The car scene in Condor Man. Uh, they had a great Batmobile before the Batmobile was even a, like a cool thing. Like, yeah, Adam West Batmobile was cool. But Condor Man's Condor Man car was so dope. It was a truck, then it became a car, then it became a hydrofoil, and it, be, it did things. This movie had some great moments. It's terrible, but it, I can't help it kill it. And my brother and I know it by heart. Um, another movie, uh, Hot Lead and Cold Feet, starring uh, Jim Dale and uh, Don Knotts, uh, one of my favorite Disney films, um, Pete's Dragon, because of Jim Dale. I'm such a big Jim Dale fan. Um, the, as far as the, the cartoons are concerned, I love Sleeping Beauty. Maleficent is my favorite uh, villain. Then after that is Peter Pan because I love Captain Hook. I can do, you know, whenever I, whenever I, I can't say Peter Pan correctly. I have to say Peter Pan. I have to say, you know, you have to say it like that. Um, so there are so many that are coming to my head. It's, it's kind of hard to like, you know, go through it. But yeah, there's so many. You were really a Disney kid. Oh, God, yes. My, my mom. My mom was a was a school teacher, a music school teacher, and uh, when um, I was in school, she had this one um, song. They have this one song list that she took to every school, and it was basically it was zippity doo dah, and it was this um, medley of Disney songs. And I was in one of the choirs, and so she took it and she made shirts and that hat. She was she's a wonderful artist and drew all the Disney characters, so we all wore it. And so I I I loved these things. So I would, and also I was one of the first kids on my block to have the original Disney channel. So this is before uh, original Disney content. So I remember when it came on, you know, the only thing, the only original content they really had was DTV, which is basically they took animated cartoons, spliced them together and cut them with um, rock and roll songs at the time. So it was like MTV, but Disney style. So they would take something like take on me and then like cut it with like Donald dancing with Daisy and the three kids dancing. And they would cut it with different cartoons of different cartoons dancing. And so you had that in between whatever show they had, and like welcome to Pooh Corner, which was an original thing. And then the Alice in Wonderland with the guy with the two with Tweedledee and Tweedledum on like, you know, rollerblades. And then they would go and ladies and gentlemen, tonight on the Disney Channel, we're going to show you the original and only showing of Snow White. And when they played Snow White, we were all sitting at home. We were like, you going to break that up the vault and put it on TV? And and that's when Disney realized we should never do it again. As a matter of fact, what we should do, put it in the vault, put it on DVD, and bring it out every 30 years and make you pay for it. And we all do. We did. And so talk to me about favorite characters. Oh, gosh. Um, do you have a current favorite character? Um... You know, no, I have, I have so many. That's the problem. There's, there's too many, but there's one, there's a couple, I have a couple of lines that always are said in the house. They've become, they've become famous lines in our house and in our family and the kids don't even know why. So the word mustard cannot be said in the house without the rest of the line going with it. So Alice in Wonderland, uh, the white rabbit comes through and he has he comes through the tea. He comes to the uh, the the tea party and he has his watch and the watch doesn't work. And so the Mad Hatter, played by Ed Wynn and Jerry, uh, the March Hare, they take it and they start doing things to it. And they start going, they start going through it and they start taking two spoons. Yes, yes, just two spoons. They put the two spoons in. And then he goes and then the March Hare goes mustard and he goes mustard. Yes, must mustard. Oh, let's don't be silly. Lemon, that's different. And, they, you know, 
when you say mustard in my house, somebody said mustard, mustard, <laughs> lemon. That's you know we we go through the whole line. Um, or if somebody says jam, a jam. Oh, there's always time for jam. That one. Um, <laughs> it's 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 really sad. Um, no, it's not sad at all. And especially for our listeners, we're all nodding our heads, being like, "Yes." I mean, like, I can never be in front of a teapot and not say, "Pour the tea from Mulan to my sister." Uh, I mean, like, right. it. Conti- it's so many of them. These great lines of stuff. Oh yeah, well, well, someone someone says tea. My wife, you know, tea. Just half a cup if you don't mind, and they cut the cup in half, and it's just tea in the cup, you know. So, um, Baloo is a favorite. Baloo has been. Baloo was my original favorite Disney character because he was the first movie i saw in the theaters my father took me to uh the um the drive-in and we saw jungle book and i i heard um bare necessities and that was it for me i that was when i became a disney fan that was when i I knew i had to go to disneyland because i knew i might see baloo there and um i i i know all the lines I, i love um i always say this and i say this to myself and it doesn't really matter i don't know why he's like it's like uh what was the line? The line is, um, uh, what? One more word out of you. One, one more hiss out of you. Uh, uh, hiss, and you are walking to Nottingham. And then hiss goes, snakes don't walk, they slither. So there, you know, that that kind of crap. Like that, I say that too. I don't know why it comes to my head, but those things come to my head. So uh, those old those old films always kill, or, or especially um, Jim Dale and uh, Red Buttons uh, when they're in uh, Peace Dragon. When he, he says, he says, he says, I need someone to go and talk to the dragon. Well, who'll be stupid enough to do that? And then he looks at him and he goes, no, no. And something about that. <laughs> or red, red buttons talking to um, Mickey Rooney goes, ah, he's drunk as hell. I, I want to pet him. I want to pet him. And it's something whenever I see something, I want to pet. I look at my wife and go, I want to pet him. I want to pet him. It's like, stop it. So these. It's good. These things come to me. It's I've got so many. It's sad. It's really sad. It's not sad. It's perfect. It's perfect. Okay, really quickly. Do you have a favorite Muppet? Oh God, yeah. I have too many Muppets, but um, my my favorite my favorite all together Muppets is the Electric Mayhem together. I my dream is to sing with the Electric Mayhem. Um, I love Kermit. Period. Top Muppet of all time. Uh, but I love Pepe. I love Pepe and Pepe has like come through the ranks. Um, I could listen to Gonzo sing. Um, I'm going to go back there every single day of my life. And I, if you go on YouTube, you can see me singing it. And it's one of my favorite songs. It makes me cry every time I hear it or when I see it. Um, but yeah, those are, those are, those are my favorites. I mean, Pepe Kermit. I mean, I have favorite lines from the Muppets, uh, you know, from the Muppet show or for the Muppet movies, but Kermit, Pepe, and the Electric Mayhem are like, you know, my my ones is, you know. I just love how much you love this. My my favorite line from a Muppet movie is is an obscure line, which is really, really funny. It's from the Muppets Take Manhattan. No, excuse me. It's from the Great Muppet Caper. They're all sitting in the room and uh, Kermit says, and this, the line I'm about to say is not the favorite line. It's coming up. Um, Kermit says, we can all catch them red-handed. And of course, K- Fozzie says, well, what color are they? No, some either Fozzie or somebody. I think it's Fozzie or um, I've got the Waldorf. And, um, I can't, Beauregard says, what color are their hands now? Which is still funny. But there's a moment where they're all arguing. They're all arguing. They're trying, and Fozzie, Kermit's trying to get them to be quiet so they can talk about the plan of getting, of freeing, you know, Miss Piggy, of getting, you know, the diamond back and everything like that. And all of a sudden, uh, Fozzie goes, quiet! And everybody goes quiet. And all you hear is Janice going, talking to Kerm, talking to Gonzo, saying, listen, mom, it's my life. And so if I want to walk around naked, um, uh, oh. and I, as a kid, that cracked me up because it just, it was funny as a kid because she was the only one talking. As I got older, if you listen to that joke, there's so much to it. She, of her saying, I told her, listen, mom, it's my life. And if I want to walk around naked, um, it's like you could not do that in a Disney Muppet movie today. That joke would be way too. What's funny is they did it on the TV show and it didn't work. And I think it's because they just it's you don't force it. You let things like that happen and let the audience just go. Did that just happen? And then move on to the next joke. When you try to force it like, oh, look, the Muppets are being edgy. No, they just are. The Muppets just are. And if you let the Muppets just be, I think that's what makes it fun. But I, I the, from the moment I, that line in the, uh, the other line from that movie, 
when they're doing the first song, you know, hey, a movie. And Sweetums goes, is there any way to stop it? Because <laughs> things just keep happening to him in this whole intro film. So we could do a whole podcast on just Muppets. I know. <laughs> James, let's talk about Aladdin. If you could magically transport yourself back to the New Amsterdam Theater to relive any moment from the show, which moment would you choose? Again, um, there are there are too many. Um, I think the first one that comes to mind is opening night. Um, opening night was the most one of the most magical moments of my entire life because for, for because nobody thought we could do it because nobody thought we could do it. When we left Toronto, uh, there is nothing like coming back to New York and your friends going, hey man, uh, heard, heard, heard you was funny, but I heard the show ain't that good. You know, okay. You know, and the whole thing about, you know, I love, I love New York City and New York City has been so good to me, but New York loves, I mean, they love to diss Disney. I mean, oh my God, if they, if there is one thing that, 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 that Broadway, that Broadway folks love to do, it is disrespect Disney theatrical. They just can't wait to say something horrible about Disney. But you know damn well that if Disney picked up their mouse ears and left, it'd be a giant money hole in the middle of Times Square. And they'd be like, okay, what are we going to do? We need something to help us. And that's right. I said it. I said it on the podcast. And I dare y'all fools to say something to me. Because so they just knew we were going to, they just knew we were going to crash and burn. They knew we were going to crash and burn. And when we, I told the cast, I said, guys, you know, this is our moment. We have to take it. We have to take it and we have to run it and we have to destroy this place and have fun doing it. And when we, when Friend Like Me ended that first opening night and, you know, free night where all your friends come and they stand up for you, you go, great. That's a bunch of actors who all got the tickets for free. So they, they, of course they're going to stand up. When previews happen, you're like, oh, there's a bunch of people who've never seen the show before. Great. They're, they're all standing up. But when opening night happened and I look out there and there's Sting, Sting standing on his feet with his wife and there's, you know, Tina Fey and there's the, you know, the cast of, you know, I almost said the Goonies, which is so funny. I mean, cast of Newsies, you know, and all these people. And I look up and they're my colleagues, my friends. uh, And the only people who were not standing up was my family. And the reason why they weren't is because my wife was in such shock. She told, she looked over and she said, her, the kids were like, should we stand? Should we stand? And my wife looked into the aisle and saw me and I was in, almost in tears. And she goes, we can't stand. If, you, if we stand and your uncle sees us, he, he won't be able to finish the show. So they, st- they sat seated. Everybody thought my family was like just the meanest people in the world. They're like, you didn't stand for your husband. She was like, I couldn't stand because I was crying and he was crying. We couldn't, we had to show it to go on. That moment was so magical for for me but then we've had some other moments we've had moments where you know a kid a kid walked up to me and he said you're the real genie because you have feet i mean come on i come on when you can when you can make other artists that you love forget they're at a show and have a good time you know when i when leah when i met leah salonga and she came to the show and she was like you're incredible you're like what or now that I can say this crazy, I can say I'm friends with Sarah Michelle Geller because she brought her and her her daughter, her beautiful daughter, Charlotte, and her friend to see Aladdin. And we've been friends ever since. Just, you know, magical moments like that or magical moments backstage that had nothing to do with us being on stage. Just joking with Jonathan Freeman, the original voice of Jafar, or I can talk about it now. The horrible, wonderful, terrible pranks that Don Del Rivera and I played on each other every single night for three years straight. I mean, every night we did something different to each other. <laughs> and it was so great. It was so amazing. Like we never did the same joke twice. And we just kept, we spent time. We spent more time thinking of things to do to each other than the actual show. Or when things would go wrong, like when Whoopi Goldberg came and I told, I told the audience, I said, Hey, can I finish the show? And some little kid said, no. And I was like, really, really? You, you want her to do it? Not me. These are magical moments that I can never, ever 
forget this that show that pocket of time of the three years i spent on broadway with aladdin there i don't think there'll ever be a show unless i write it <laughs> that will ever top that everything else is just going to be just icing on a cake that has just been a magical moment of my life well speaking of all that i mean the mad you you keep me mentioning the word magic and magical i love that in your career in addition to aladdin you know you, you brought phil from hercules to the stage and you've given voice to projects like tangled the series elena of avalor disenchanted ducktales do you think it makes disney more magical when those behind the scenes are so invested in the magic yes 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 because the only way it works is if those if those who are behind the scenes working on it believe in the magic. Um, I have a friend of mine named Justin, and he is a VIP guide at um, at Disney World, and he always says, "If we could bring a little magic to the people who come to the park, then we've done our job." They're not joking. This isn't something they they they're they're called cast members, but they hire people specifically because they they've drunk the Kool-Aid. <laughs> they, they hire people that are drinking the Kool-Aid too. You can't you can't do this unless you're drinking it too. And I I I have fully, you know, got gallons of it, you know? Yes. And yes. you know it's fine for me. I know other people don't do it, but that, this is how I I I enjoy it. And so you have to have folks behind the scene, the the folks behind Tangled. Um our wonderful executive producer, Chris Sonnenberg, he loved that project so much. He believed in the project so much to make it great. That's why that show is the Emmy award-winning show that it is. Um, Eden Espinosa, Jeremy, Zach, Mandy, they all believed in the show so much. I mean, the guys who do DuckTales, whose names are escaping me, and they're all going to slap me in the face for their name escaping me, um, believe they they are serious ducktail fans i I'll, I'll tell you the story now because i can um when they were auditioning for duck they were auditioning for darkwing duck and they called in a bunch of guys and i was one of the guys they got called in and i was so excited i was so excited and i was so nervous that but i knew that the only way for me to do it without like cracking up and flipping out was to wear darkwing duck so i had a um a darkwing duck um hoodie that said let's get dangerous so i wore that to the audition. So when I walked in, they were like, oh my God, you're a fan. I'm like, listen, man, I, after high school, during high school, junior high, I would run home and watch the Disney afternoon just so I could watch Darkwing Duck. And here I am auditioning for it. Now I didn't get it and that's fine. But those guys remembered that. They remembered me walking in and wearing that thing and then called my agent and said, we know how much James loves this project. Would he like to come in for another character. And I came in for Taurus, you know, Taurus Boba. And when they told me what it was, I cried again because that's, you know, Tim Curry's character. That's the original villain of Darkwing Duck. These guys believe in it so much that they wanted to have someone else like myself who believed in a dead match to be a part of the cast. The people behind the, these projects have to believe in it just as much because if you, if they don't, you won't feel the magic coming through the screen or from the stage. You know, no, dis no, I don't want, I don't care what anybody says. The people at Disney Theatrical believe in the magic so much and what they put out there, whether they, whether people like it or don't like it, they believe in the magic so much and that's what they want to put out there. They want to put a good time. They want to put magic. They want to put that, that feeling that you can't get from other shows out there. And I think you, you have to have that or it won't work. Who would you prefer to go to the parks with? Lafayette, Jefferson, or Mitch Mahoney? Oh, Mitch Mahoney. <laughs> what do you think if Mitch Mahoney were to get a job at the parks, what job would he have? <laughs> oh, Mitch Mitch Mahoney would probably, uh, he would either be um, one of the, uh, the captains on the Jungle Cruise ride. Yes. Or he would, uh, they would probably put him as one of the, um, one of the handlers who walks around with the characters oh, sure. and he would get in yes. so much trouble because kids would be grabbing on Mickey and he'd be, Hey, Hey, we're grabbing on the mouse, man. We'll be grabbing on the mouse. Step back. You know, can you take a picture? Take one picture, one picture lady. 
Let's say one picture. Why is your child grabbing up? Hey, get your child. Get your child. I can see. And if that. he was, you know, and he was, and if he was on the boat, he was like, yeah. Oh, on this side, there's some alligators. <laughs> they about to eat you. Yeah. Oh, over here, over here, there's some uh, really, really. Um, there's a there's a rhino that's uh, pushing hunters up a tree. Y'all deserve it. Coming over to you know my country, trying to take over things. You, you know what I'm saying? Just, but what's funny is um, the question you should be asking is um, what job do do I want? Well, that's in, next. In oh, that okay. The next question. Okay, but, go ahead. So let me. <laughs> so no, go for it. What do you? What job do you want? The job that I want at the park, I've 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 thought about this long and hard, and I know exactly what job I want. I want to be the voice of Disneyland. I since I was a child, I have loved voiceover. I have always wanted to be a cartoon character, and I have gotten to live that dream. I still get to live it every day. Um, but here's. I, I have studied the guys. I know I sound different, but my goal before I die is at least for one year to be the guy who uh, announces the park. I mean, I've always, you know, I, I found something I wanted to do. Hear ye, hear ye. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Magic Kingdom. You are warmly invited to join Mickey Mouse and his Fantasyland friends for a magical celebration in the streets. Dreams will come true, hearts will soar, and you will become a part of the magic. For the time has come to take your places. Prepare and welcome to the wondrous and wonderful Disney Festival of the Fantasy Parade. At five minutes with your family, just sit and wait for Mickey and his friends that is what i want to do that is perfect. with my life <laughs> yes yes you know what i want that for your life and my life that needs to happen that was wonderful <laughs> when, when i was a kid where most people uh knew who all the basketball players were and knew who all the football players were i only knew two groups of people the wwe professional wrestlers and the, any professional wrestlers nwa wwe all that kind of we can that's a whole different conversation but the voiceover guys and um, John, I mean, uh, Paul Freeze is one of my favorite people. And Paul Freeze's voice is all over the park. I mean, to hear him as the ghost host, but to also hear him in Pirates of the Caribbean and then to turn around and then to hear him inside of, uh, you know, the Tiki Room. I mean, this man, he's also the voice of Ludwig von Drake, if you don't know. And if you if you haven't seen... Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's two different voices. He's the voice of uh, Burger Meister Meister Burger, but also he's the voice of his guard. Paul Freeze is 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 pe most people talk about Mel Blanc, but Paul Freeze is like the master voice person. And when I would hear him, when I would hear him um, in the haunted mansion, and you know your ghost host, <laughs> that I even last year during during uh, last year I did a. Um, I did a whole track of the haunted mansion just so I could, you know, and I put it on YouTube just so I could, you know, do it at uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, who is a wonderful voiceover artist. Now uh, he's, he did it for the, uh, the Halloween show um, in the park. Um, but to, to be a voiceover in that park and to be that voice, to be the voice that announces the parades, to be the voice that announces you, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, welcome to, you know, Disneyland or Disney world. That would be, um, that would just be a dream come true because that's the voice that's so welcoming to you. And it's the one that tells you it's only five minutes, only two minutes, only 30 seconds to the parade of Mickey and his friends. And I would, Oh God. And I would do it. My wife, and it just makes me happy. Will you do me a favor and say like, good morning, David, and welcome to this magical day. So I can change it to be my alarm. Sure. Good morning, David, and welcome to this magical day. This day is going to be the day that you've been dreaming of. So, David, go out there and live your life. Five minutes to brushing your teeth. David, five minutes to brushing your teeth and starting this day. That is perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, silly. We'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, this America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, 
you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. James, this is Fast Pass Answers. I'll put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question for you to answer as many as possible. Here we go. Ready? Okay. James, name any country in Epcot. Norway, Japan, name, China. Name a character from Robin Hood. Uh, Robin Hood, Little John. Uh, name uh, one song from Hamilton. What did I miss? Name any Disney princess. Um, Aurora. Name any animal mentioned in the song Prince Ali. Elephants. Favorite snack in the parks? Uh, the ice cream Mickey heads. Name a ride in Fantasyland? Peter Pan. Time. Oh, we're, we're going to accept that. Peter Pan. James, that was very exciting. You were very ambitious. You answered so many, but we love it. We love it, <laughs> Disney nerd. This is perfect. I thought, I thought it was how many can you announce from each one? Oh, no, 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 no. Just one. You did great. And so go back. Your favorite snack in the parks, the Mickey Mouse ice cream bar. Mickey, well, guess the Mickey Mouse ice cream bar. So good. I'm the sandwich, but I love the bar. The bad part is we call them the Mickey head, Mickey Mickey Mouse. We call them the Mickey heads, which is terrible, uh, because yeah, they were they they remind us they're the closest thing to the Eskimo pies that you used to get at the um in the at, from the ice cream truck. And also, the great thing is they put them on uh is it, is it hydrogen ice or something? It's it's like dry ice. I know dry ice. Okay, so nothing nothing is better and nothing is worse. Then being in front, I mean, it's always in front of the Haunted Mansion, no matter which park we're in, no matter what Disney World, Disneyland. We grab one of them bad boys, and we always forget that it's a rock first. It's a rock. And you open it, we go, <laughs> and then, but the problem is, especially if you're in Orlando, Orlando, whenever we go, it's usually like 95 degrees. So the first bite is rock. But if you don't bite it within the next 10 seconds, it is water all over your hands. So you need to, you need to like bite it, Take a second, pray, bite again, because it'll be fine. Because if you don't finish it, you ain't making it to the next ride. You're just going to be like, it's everywhere. (laughs) Put on your thinking ears. It's trivia time. Oh, boy. James, it's time for trivia. So on July 17th, 1955, Disneyland had its invitation-only opening day gala, which was broadcast live on ABC. While nearly half of the American population watched the festivities from the comfort of their own living rooms, 11,000 people were invited to the park. Several thousand more arrived and tried to game with counterfeit tickets. The day was filled, of course, with record-level heat and mishaps. Lots of things went bad, but Walt was ecstatic. And when the park opened to the public the next day, visitors were lined up as early as 2 a.m. Apparently, there were 15,000 people in line before 10 a.m. Clearly, the rest is history with millions of people across the world enjoying the magic of the parks. Now, for the OG park in Anaheim, within how long did it take for the one millionth guest to enter the gates? Ooh. E, that's hard. I know. This, I mean, I, 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 would, I, would, I would say if it was 11,000 the first time and the next time was 11,000 again, or at least so many people waiting. I'd probably take two years. It's actually, they hit their one millionth guest within 10 weeks. Jesus. Isn't that crazy? And That's by amazing. 1960, that number would rise to 5 million visitors a year. It's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. McDo- McDonald's can't say that. McDonald's can't say that. James, in the musical Aladdin, you brought to the stage the wonderful song, Friend Like Me, and you even won a Tony Award by doing so. The song, written by Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, is a delight with fun lyrics in which the genie explains how great he is to Aladdin. One of those lyrics is, life is your restaurant and I'm your maitre d'. And that's the inspiration for this game, I'm your maitre d' for Disney, where I will tell you a dish and I need you to tell me which of the two restaurants I mention can you enjoy this dish. So you're going to need some punch, pizzazz, yahoo, and how to complete this game. Are you ready? Yes. Perfect. 
Number one for I'm your maitre d' for Disney, where can you enjoy a pork belly skewer? Is it the Bengal barbecue in Adventureland or Restaurantosaurus in Animal Kingdom? Pork belly skewer. Ooh. I want to say the dinosaur one. And what would your second guess be? <laughs> I guess that would be the tiger one. Bengal it tiger. Bengal, it's the Bengal the, barbecue and adventure. Because the reason yeah. why the only the only I've only had the chicken at the Bengal tiger, so I didn't realize the pork belly was there. There's so many food options, but here we go for number two for I'm your okay. maitre d for Disney. All right, the Monte Cristo sandwich in Chef de France in World Showcase or the Blue Bayou in Disneyland's New Orleans Square. The Blue Bayou. That is correct. That is very true. I've People eaten the Blue Bayou a couple of times. Yeah, it's so dark. It's so I dark love in it, there. Though. It's, yeah. it's so good. And I always and I always miss a rest. There's a restaurant like that in Disney World, but it's not the Blue Bayou. It's different. You know, it's it's not like it's not that you know, it's not the same. Okay, number three, you're doing very well. The New England style clam chowder served in a bread bowl. Is that Disneyland's French market or the House of Blues restaurant and bar at Disney Springs in Orlando? Did you say clam chowder? I did. I'm I'm going to go with wait what what was the first one again? Disneyland's French Market. I'm going to say the Disneyland French Market only because I know that they also serve a really good gumbo in a bread uh, in a bread bowl there as well. So I'm going to go there. And usually when I go to the uh, House of Blues, they don't really have that kind of stuff. And you are correct. That is right. And I always get that sourdough bread bowl and it's same, same. so hot. <laughs> yes. It's so hot, but it's like, I will suffer for this. And then yes, I get my like ice cream so sandwich good. and my poor body when I go to Disney. Okay. Number four, the Incredit cookie, which is a gluten-friendly blackberry jam-filled cookie. Is that available at the Trolley Car Cafe on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood Studios or at Jack Jack Cookie Num Nums on Pixar Pier? This is a trick question, but I'm pretty sure it's Jack Jack Cookie Num Nums. It is. That's exactly right. And the the actual chocolate cookie, the Jack Jack Cookie Num Num. Yeah. One of my favorite. One of my favorite. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, but see, I'm a chocolate chip cookie fan. Oh, same. Um, yeah. And I've had to like you know chill on that just because you know weight issues. But trust. You know, calories don't count at Disneyland. <laughs> no, bruh. Listen, there's some at Disneyland that I'm still. They they brought out one year and they haven't brought it back, and I'm pissed at them. Disneyland. It was right in front of um, a couple feet away from. Uh, uh, it's a small world. Winnie the Pooh was taking a picture where they now do all the princess pictures. And it's in front of the Matterhorn. They had a churro cart there and it had strawberry churros. They have never had strawberry churros again. I don't know what, I don't know if it was Valentine's Day. I don't know what we were doing there, but we got one. And every time I go, they look at me like I'm crazy. It's also, also no disrespect. It's also some 18 year old who goes, we, we, we don't have that. I'm like, listen, you pimple face kid. We had that one time. Okay. Don't look at me like I'm old. Cause my, 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 my beard is great. I know what I'm talking about. They look at me like, this man is insane. This better thing. And we got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you had it. Well, that is not part of the game, but I, I, I'm glad you know where to find it when it comes back, which is great. <laughs> so here comes number five. The classic French onion soup. Is that the Be Our Guest restaurant in the Magic Kingdom or Liberty Square Market in Liberty Square, also in the Magic Kingdom? Liberty Square. It's actually the Be Our Guest restaurant. Really? Shocking. I know, I know, you're, I know you're mad at them. So it's- I am. It's, I am. I know. It's okay. Here comes number six. And on the menu, this is literally just called chicken, but it's three, hold on. but it's three pieces of chicken fried to a golden brown and seasoned with distinctive herbs and spices served with mashed potatoes, buttermilk biscuit, and a mixture of vegetables. Can you get that at Plaza Inn on Main Street at Disneyland or Poultry Palace on Pixar Pier? Plaza Inn. That's right. You know why I know? Because I get it every time I go. Yeah, perfect. I get it at the Plaza Inn every time I go. And also, in Disneyland, in Disneyland, I don't know what the restaurant's called, but it's on Main Street. And you watch, you it's a little, it's a white building, and you walk past it, and you wait till nighttime, till the parade starts. And you go in there, and you go in there, and you get all kinds of, it's, I'm, this is getting so black, and I'm so sorry, this is so racist. But every time I go in there, my family and I, we go in there, and we just destroy the fried chicken place. And we, and they know we're coming. 
because I walk past it every day. I'm like, that's the same dude every year. He comes here and we go in there and we destroy. We're like, I don't care what family's in here. We're about to kill. It's like 12 of us. And we walk in there and we bum rush that place. And my wife knows I have to go. She's like, babe, I know before we leave the weekend, you have to have the fried chicken. Here. And the other best fried chicken to have if you go is to go to the um, Hoop-de-doo review over there. And it's a terrible, it's a wonderful, terrible show. Wonderful slash terrible show. It's a great show, but they have buckets. When I say buckets, I mean buckets of fried chicken. And also they have the best strawberry shortcakes. And these are giant biscuits. You could kill a person with these biscuits and they are the best thing. But that's, don't, don't talk about the food in Disneyland. We can go down there. Keep <laughs> I going. know we're really... I thought this game was going to be fun because of the lyric, but I love how much you love the food. But uh, let's keep going. We've got four more. Uh, pineapple split, which is a pineapple dole whip with coconut caramel sauce, tropical fruits, and hibiscus toasted coconut with a souvenir boat. Can you get that pineapple split at the tropical hideaway in Adventureland at Disneyland or at Aloha Isle in Magic Kingdom's Adventureland? Mm. What's the first one? The first one is the Tropical Hideaway in Adventureland. I think it's the Tropical Hideaway at Adventureland. You are right. You're because totally it's right, right next to it's right next to uh, the Tiki Room, and it's right across from the Aladdin, uh, where the um, yeah, where, it, re- yeah. it replaced Aladdin's Oasis. Yeah, and because because uh, the the um, the carpets are still there, but the um, the place has changed. What what you get something to eat? So yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here comes number eight: the Moana smoothie which is a vanilla smoothie with flavors of watermelon, mango, guava, and ginger topped with whipped cream, edible flowers, chocolate disc. Is that available at Ohana at the Polynesian village resort or at Gibson girl ice cream parlor on Disneyland's main street? No, I've never been to either one. So I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say Ohana. You guessed correctly. Because I've been to the, I've stayed at the Polynesian, but we didn't get to go to Ohana because we only stayed there for one night because we were moving on to the, uh, the other park. So, yeah. Gibson Girl is an Elport family tradition every night on the way out. Got to go to nice. Gibson Girl. Okay, two more. This is my favorite dish. The Countdown Chicken Fazuli. Is it Alien Pizza Planet in Tomorrowland at Disneyland or the Friar's Nook in Fantasyland at Walt Disney World? What's it called again? The dish is called the Countdown Chicken Fazuli. And what are the two places again? Alien Pizza Planet in Tomorrowland at Disneyland or the Friar's Nook in Fantasyland at Walt Disney World? I want to say the Friar's Nook. See, I I told you earlier I was a land boy and I realized that was a big hint. So it has to be Alien Pizza Planet. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know why? Because I've only been to Alien Pizza Planet once and I had the pizza there, oh. which is not bad. But you're, you're right. Oh. You're right. Come on. It is my favorite. I got three wrong. I got three wrong out of the out of I the know. Eight. You're great. <laughs> but you're doing so well. Here's the last one. So this one is a spoonful of cereal, which are bran flakes and raisins garnished with yogurt-covered pretzels served with whole milk and a ripe banana. Is that spoonful of cereal available at the Pim Test Kitchen at Avengers Campus in DCA or Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe on Disneyland's Main Street? I want to say Jolly Holiday because I haven't been to the Pim place yet. So that is, I did try and trick you because it sounds like spoonful of sugar, but that spoonful of cereal is at the Pim Test Kitchen. See, I haven't been to the Pim Test Kitchen yet. It it it, it just James, opened. Look under your seat, and you will find. <laughs> How dare you! A, a plane ticket. We're going to Disneyland. Oh my god! Congratulations, you won. For I'm your Maitre D for Disney. Thank you for playing along. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. That was so much fun. Now let's hear from some of you, huh? James, we put on our Instagram account. Your fans know you love Disney. They're ready. This first one I think you're going to like. Alana asks, if you could go to any of the parks with your favorite WWE superstar, which park would it be and what ride would you have to go on together? Oh, gosh. I I am going to get beat up because I I have a couple of WWE superstars who uh, were supposed to go to Disneyland or Disney World together. So I, I'm go- I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to, I'm going to cheat and take uh, one superstar and one wife of a former superstar. I'm going to take uh, Kevin Owens, uh, and I'm also going to take Amanda Huber 
who was the the wife of one of, one of my dear friends, uh, John Huber, Luke Harper. And we'll go to Disney World and we will probably, uh, I would probably go on to um, the Twilight Zone ride. The, uh, the, the Tower, of Tower. The Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror. There you go. I have a love-hate relationship with that ride. Oh, I have a hate relationship. Oh, I I, so I hate I hate going on it, but once I'm on it, I love it. It's one of the most. It's one of the best. It's a great ride. Put together really rides is. ever. Yeah, yeah. Liat and the Muggle Bees both want to know what is your favorite Disneyland and DCA ride. Um, my favorite Disneyland ride. Period is the Haunted Mansion. And the, haunt, the original Haunted Mansion in Disneyland is my favorite. Uh, the Haunted Mansion and what they've done with, um, what they what they did with it in Disney World is great. And also the brand new story, which is based more on the bride in Disneyland Paris. Um, I love it. It makes me happy. I can't go to the parks without riding it and I will sing Grim Grinning Ghosts all day long. So yeah. Have you, we have to get you to Mystic Manor as well. Where's that? That's that's in Japan. No, that one's in Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah, that's that. The only the, the ones we have done. I have not been to the family. And I, the, our next trips are to Shanghai and Hong Kong. Though those are the ones we want to go to. Yeah, because we've been to three of them, so we have to go to all six. You know, to all the parts. Do you have a favorite ride in California Adventure? Yeah, um, I I it's 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 a toss up between um, California toss up between the Incredicoaster. And also the Little Mermaid ride is so oh. wonderful. And the Little Mermaid ride is so wonderful because it, is. It, it it's such a great throwback to the original. When the Imagineers went back and did that ride, they went back to what Walt had thought of for fan. It, that ride would fit right next door to Snow White and Mr. Toad's, you know, ride, you know, so yeah. Emily is curious. What influence did Robin Williams have on your portrayal of the genie? Um, you know, what's funny, um, I, I tried my best not to, uh, use Robin because of a hip hop reference and a comedy reference in hip hop. Not now, not now, but back in the day when I first started in hip hop, the term was you can't bite off people. And that basically meant. You can't steal people's material. You can't rap like somebody else. You can't you can't use other people's rhymes. Or at least if you do, you got to make it your own. You can't just you can't steal people's stuff. And in comedy, you can't steal people's material. And I was so afraid that people would think that I was just doing a ripoff of Robin Williams that I didn't want to uh, steal his stuff. But I also know you can't do the genie without it being a little like Robin because he was so much of the genie. So what I learned from watching the cartoon since I was 17, all the way up to the time I was 36, when I first started Aladdin um, was to be genie esque. Robin was the genie. So I had to be the genie. So genie esque is bringing all of your silliness and bringing all of your ness to this character, but also be so much bigger than life that it would be uh, magical. So I never tried to take uh, Robin's jokes or Robin's moments or, you know, I tried to make them my own, but I saw what he did. And to be genie esque, you have to, one, uh, love Aladdin. Two, you have to really, really want to be free. And three, you have all this pain, but the only way that you can get rid of this pain is to be the showman and put that up as a big, big front until you trust the kid enough where you can be yourself. And so that's being genie-esque. And so the best way to do it, and the best way to honor Robin was to bring all of myself. I always say my genie was, is James Iglehart turned up to the volume, turned the volume up to 20. That's what it is. And uh, that's so the influence of Robin for me was to be also, I will say there is one influence to be fearless. Cause if you watch any of Robin's concerts from his first concerts in the seventies, where he's um, at the comedy store and John Ritter's in the audience, or even when you see him at Carnegie hall, he is absolutely fearless with what he does. And he never, 
ever like censors himself and takes a back seat and he just goes for it. If you watch the, the clips of him recording a uh, genie in the studio, he just goes and he knows they're going to cut some stuff out, but he just goes. So I would do that in the studio. I would do it on stage. And I felt bad for some of the people who were working with me because they'd be like, where's James going? I'm like, look, just follow me. I trust me. I will bring you back to where we're going. But that's that that was his biggest influence on me. Speaking of the genie, Johan wants to know if you could take home one of your genie costumes, which one would it be? Probably the blue one, the original blue one. It was it was so much fun to wear. It was so much fun to wear because the uh, the Prince Ali one was full of magnets and I used to get stuck on all the lockers. Uh, and the white one is a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey. it's like I, that's why if you watch if you watch uh, you know uh prince ali both of those costumes i didn't move that much i was trying not to rip anything but the blue one i can move it can, it's very breathable and speaking of clothing annalisa wants to know what's your go-to disney hat <laughs> that's my little sister um you know the, honestly my disney go-to hat I am about to get it. I am about to get it. And I know it. There's no, there's no way around it. There's no way of saving it. Only a few people know that I have this and those who have seen it have given me crap for it, but I will wear it to my dying day. And a matter of fact, I shouldn't even admit this. I have, I have it in several colors. I have a see-through visor and it's made for women from Dior and there's a black one. I have a blue one. I have a white one. I have a yellow one. And whenever I go to Disneyland or Disney world, whenever I go to Disney park period, I put that, I love a visor, a visor. Cause it, it won, it, 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 it's, it's still a hat, but also keeps my bald head from getting too hot. And also because it's see-through and UV, it's like sunglasses because I'm blind. So I got to wear my glasses and I wear the hat, but that, that's, that's my hat. Also, it's, it, it, um, I could take it off and put it on my shoulder and use it like a shoulder pad for all the rides. So I put it up here and the, the visor just hits me right in the neck. Boom. I ride the ride. Nothing happens. Slip it back off, put it back on. It is the best hat once I got it. And what's so funny, my, my wife said, <laughs> You want that hat? I'm like, I want that hat. And she goes, you know, that's a woman's hat. I'm like, yeah, but you know me. I don't care. I have I have more women's clothing. That's going to sound really bad. No. But as far Listen. as like socks and things, they make women's clothing more comfortable. So I wear, don't get me wrong. I have a limit. But, you know, certain things. Like, but the hats, oh, I wear that bad boy. And I literally, I have four of them. And I please, please, no one, please. And I know me saying this is going to make people do it. No one go look up this hat because I don't want to hit. Kind of want to hit. I don't want to hit. You Listen, paid what for what? I don't want to hit. It's my hat. It's what I do with my, this is what I do with myself. On this podcast, we do not judge. And there is no such thing as, there is no gender. This podcast won't judge. The people who see, who listen to the podcast, will judge. And that's fine. <laughs> but listen, here's the thing. When you see me in the park, that's probably, if this, I probably shouldn't tell you this. Because when you see me in the park, I'm the only brother walking around wearing it. But I will say this. Every time I've worn it, and I say this, and I do mean brothers. When I say brothers, I mean black men. I've worn this thing in the park, and I've seen brothers going, damn, that's cool. Where'd you get that? <laughs> damn, 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 what, what, hey, hey man where'd you I've had more brothers stop me in the park <laughs> and ask me where I got this hat so I'm waiting for me to go to the park one day and just see a bunch of brothers wearing Dior see, uh, Dior visors and I'm like damn it they didn't took my idea <laughs> it's time for some tough choices let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum okay it's time for Tweedledee or Tweedledum I will give you two options let me know which one you prefer here's the first one Tweedledee or Tweedledum Peter Pan or Pinocchio Peter Pan Tweedledee or Tweedledum Galaxy's Edge or Animal Kingdom ooh not fair not fair gotta go with Galaxy's Edge okay Tweedledee or Tweedledum Churros or Dole Whips Churros yeah, specifically strawberry. If and, I can find it. <laughs> if we can find it. And final Tweedledee or Tweedledum, One Jump Ahead or Prince Ali? Ooh. You know what? I'm conceited. I say Prince <laughs> Ali because I sing that. Perfect. No, no, this is no disrespect to Aladdin, but you know, I like the songs I sing. <laughs> Thank you.
James, what's the first thing you're going to do the next time you go to the parks? Oh my gosh. Um, I am going to try my best to be patient and not run over children to get to uh, the Marvel campus. Um, that That's a problem for me because, you know, I, I really love Marvel and, you know, don't get me wrong. I understand. I understand that the parks are for families, but I'm like, look, if your child is slow and I don't mean bad, I mean, like if he can't, if he or she can't run fast, that's not my fault. They need to, you know, hold on to your child. So right to Avengers campus. Because me and my family will be like, let's go. <laughs> and also probably, probably, uh, I will probably do my best to uh, eat good. You know, I should say eat well and then in a healthy way so I can have um, the, the fried chicken dinner wherever I go. And also to have the, uh, the Mickey Mouse bar, ice cream bar, because I have to have one of those. Well, James, thank you so much for joining on E-Ticket to Broadway. You were a perfect guest in sharing your love you. of Robin Hood, Haunted Mansion, America Sings, Pete's Dragon, Maleficent, Captain Hook, Baloo, the chicken, the ice cream, the churros. <laughs> thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. I I, I love um, it. It's always been my dream to be a part of the Disney family and to be able to not just be a part of it business-wise, but also just be a part of it as a fan and um, to still have those memories. You know, certain things in the parks are gone and I have soundtracks that have that. And then, then when new things come into the park, I, I want to race and go and go be a part of that as well. And so I can't wait. So, I you know, I'm, I'm only... Um, I'm only 46. I'll be 47 in September of 2021. And so there are many, many more, uh, you know, things that I know that the parks will have. And I can't wait to just be an old man, you know, with Kane going, hold on, I got to get on to the Space Mountain and, you know, move away, you know. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, we'll see you at the parks. See you there. Oh boy, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.